football basement. Do I start with gentlemen? Yeah. Or is that a Matt Roger thing? No, you've got to start with gentlemen. Okay. Gentlemen, welcome to the football basement. <laughs> uh, we are slightly low on numbers and we are lacking our regular presenter, Matt Roger, um, and he is missed. Um, instead, you've got me, Dave Jameson, uh, chairing the, uh, the discussion. And around the table, we have, to my left, Joe. <laughs> okay, Seb. And Matt. Oh. Okay, so it's just the four of us... Uh, <laughs> This this time around, uh, we've got plenty to talk about. Plenty's been happening in the past yes. few weeks since mm-hmm. the uh, uh, since the last time um, we got together for a chat. Um, you, you were going to say I'd we, lo- weren't you? As yeah. if us and the audience, you know. I was. Hundred downloads. The last time you downloaded, new. Uh, so yeah, from my perspective, obviously it's got taken over. I'm very excited, but nobody else wants to talk about that. No. So. Um, what do we want to talk about, guys? What's happened in the past few weeks that's, that's uh, interested us or made our ears prick? It's got to be Chelsea, isn't it? Chelsea, yeah. Chelsea are a, a bit of a mess. And uh, obviously, um, Roberto Di Matteo did a terrible job after winning the Champions League. Um, third in the Premiership obviously isn't good enough anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he had to go and he's been replaced by Rafa for the uh, end of the season. Do you Thoughts? think he had to go, Dave? He said he had to go. Do you think that's wrong? No, I think that was sarcastic. Dripped in Irie, wasn't it? Yeah. I, uh, I think um, he shouldn't have given him a contract in the first place, to that's be honest. Exact, well, our, our eagle-eared listeners, all one of them, will uh, will remember that our last podcast, I said Di Matteo will go. Do you remember that? Mm. And I said I the players don't listen to him. Yeah. So, prophetic. <laughs> well, Absolutely well prophetic. Yeah. But, but, uh, but should he have been fired? Um, he shouldn't have been appointed. I, I, I weirdly understand the reasoning. I don't think he was ever the right man to take that job. But having given him the job, why? It just makes no sense mm. letting him go. And then replace him with a guy who, frankly, has an impossible job now. Mm. Um, it was the weird situation this weekend watching Chelsea, where, I mean, I don't like Chelsea, but me wheeling Chelsea to win against West Ham to piss the Chelsea fans off. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, just out of spite them. Yeah, because they they will see them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but but that that it's not really about Chelsea fans, is it? It's more about Abramovich, I think. Yeah, okay. That whole that whole system of firing managers has actually worked for Chelsea (laughs) since he's been doing it. They've always he's always fired them in a weird way at the right time. It seems there's no way of proving it because even if somebody wins something, they get sacked. But it doesn't seem to be hampering the club at all. They're still winning things every season. The, that's, thi- that's, the, sorry, the thing that frust- like I just think is ridiculous is the fact that they seem to be having a go at Benitez and complaining about him when he's just a bloke who's just you know an unemployed man who wants employment. He's been offered a job and he's taken it. So I don't know why you're blaming him. If you really want to blame somebody, blame Abramovich or the establishment. But to blame him would be true. To complain yeah, at him and protest against him would basically be to say, right, we'll just be like no, I don't know, I, the ninth I, best club in the Premiership. No, again. I think the Benitez thing just compounded it. I, I think they, they could, somebody else could have come in the job and he wouldn't have been getting that vitriol that Benitez is. Yeah. There's, there's some, history there, they don't like him anyway. But I don't know, but I think there's this thing with Benitez, I don't know if it's fair or unfair, that he's somehow some sort of dodgy bloke who's hanging around, sniffing around for a job. He doesn't deserve a top job anymore. People think he ended Liverpool badly, uh, that he inherited a lot of Julier's team, um, and that he's just he's just really just a cup cup manager. And that's it. He has lucky breaks. Says, Look at Di Matteo last season. Mm. I still can't get my head around how Chelsea won the Champions League. It was absolutely outrageous. 
<laughs> they finished sixth in the league. They finished below Newcastle. Mm. They scraped into the final. They scraped to win the final. I mean, you saw you saw the final. They were outplayed. Bayern outplayed them. Yeah. Yeah. Should have won. Barcelona. Don't know how they didn't beat them in the semi-final. So there's a lot of luck involved. Um, but at the same time, they had good players to earn them that luck. But that's what cup competition's all about, isn't it? It's about being lucky to a certain extent. Like the the league is for the best team to win. The cup is meant to be exciting. That's why people are interested in the FA Cup or any sort of cup competition because in football any team can beat any team on the day. Mm. So yeah, Chelsea were not the best team in that competition, but if the best team always won it, why well, we wouldn't watch the sport, would we? Yeah. So I think. Um, sorry, man. Although two-legged competition takes a lot of that randomness out, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, sorry, just what I was going to say, going back to Chelsea Football Club seems to just go on. Yeah, It doesn't really matter who's in charge, it seems like. It's the last seven years they've won a lot. Arsenal have had one manager and haven't won anything. Um, today, we just saw that Chelsea just bought a new right-back for millions and millions of pounds, despite all the turmoil. So Chelsea club just rolls on. But I, it does seem to be affecting them this time. If you saw that West Ham game, they just looked bereft, didn't they? As soon as West Ham scored. Second half, yeah, they fell apart, yeah, didn't yeah. they? It, it should have been 3-4-0 and game over by half-time, but they didn't take their chances and then it just fell apart. It's the same team that was stampeding through the stampede. Yeah. Do you remember, we, we all how remember how good Chelsea were in the first four like, weeks ago four, however, six however, weeks however, of the if season they've they seven and they're still third but if you look at who they were playing in that time and how if you saw their games they were pretty lucky in some of those games as well it was quite so, I true, don't think they're playing the quali- that true but the quality of the football and the freedom of expression that they were using is just gone mm. but I remember the Wigan, the Wigan game they had a dodgy goal uh, Stoke they scored with like a few minutes to go Arsenal second half check kept them in it and mm-hmm. Arsenal were Arsenal at the end of the day so they, they picked up a lot of early points, but then since then, I mean, United United beat them, and they haven't... What was the last game they won? Norwich at home? Yeah. They've had, have they had, like, three draws and two defeats in that time? Or maybe three defeats and, and three draws? Seven. Oh, yeah, seven now they've lost. So oh, now they, everyone's yeah. caught them up behind them, and this is their, that's their problem. I think the Champions League is the one, but the question is always about Abramovich. That's all it comes down to. It doesn't matter about the manager... Because he's just, as you say, he's shipping in players all the time. There's always players yeah, coming in. Mm. Was was Azard or Oscar a Di Matteo, a Di Matteo signings? I don't think so. They're definitely at Brambridge because no. he wanted to change the way Chelsea played. He's building for the future. Yeah, he wants now them to win the Champions League looking flash, playing like Barcelona. Yeah. And in his head, he thinks that can happen. Mm. So what do we think? Do we think... I mean, personally, I, I understand... Why Dimitri was sacked? I, uh, as I think we all agree, he shouldn't have been given the contract in the first place. It was a, mm. it was a, it was a head, it was a head decision to appoint him in the first place as the interim manager, and then it was a heart decision to give him the contract after he'd won the trophies. Um, but what about Benitez? Why? Surely Abramovich knew the backlash of of hiring a, uh, the ex Liverpool manager. Care, though. And well, remember, well, Benitez well, why, was responsible. Why would he? Why would he, why would he why would he pick Benitez? Why would he because he was responsible actually alienate the fans? Because he was responsible for knocking Chelsea out of the Champions League a couple of times. Mm. So he's maybe he thinks deep in his mind, it's, oh, you know, he's going to make the difference. And Torres, Torres they're the yeah. two. No, they're I, the see, two I don't things. think it can be Torres. I don't it's see how you could. No, absolutely disagree. I don't think Abramovich. He shows how fickle he is with his managers and with the players. Why would he show such loyalty to one player? 
Like, oh, he spent, spent fifty million. So pounds what was fifty million well, pounds? Spent 50 million it's pounds. Not... Probably spent more like seventy million pounds. I, yeah. I don't think he cares. Like that's not important. It's one player doesn't. It's it's why does he care about that? I just don't think he does he, because why he, is he focused on it? Why did he buy Torres? Because he likes investment. him and he, and he really wanted him to be part of the club. So now he wants him to succeed. To, well, why did he buy Shevchenko? Oh, he didn't care about that. Like, what's the difference? Yeah, okay. Well, I don't see. Well, I don't see about 30, this then. whole Benitez to, to Torres thing is rubbish. If Benitez decides he wants to drop Torres, he's not going to get fired for that. He's going to get fired for his results. I think he might do. <laughs> I don't think that Torres is running that club. If there's a player, if there's player power, it's not with Torres. It's with Frank Lampard. Then no, no, no. They've lost. I think that's that's over now. You think that, that that's that those yeah, days of the Lampard, Lampard, I, I, Lampard I honestly, Terry, the English call. For but it's well, it's all oh, right. Maybe that's done. over. But it's Chelsea, still not Torres. I, to be honest. Chelsea, there's only one man in charge there, and but we're all trying to second guess him because he never talks to anyone. Daniel Sturridge. That's it. <laughs> I, uh, I really wish you'd just say someone like Romeo or something who would be funny. That Sturridge is funny. That female doctor, yeah. Victor Moses. Victor Moses. Right <laughs> he's come in. He's just shaking the everything is, up. I, uh, Marin. Marin. That was one. Matt was saying Matt Roger. You know. Rest in peace. God rest in peace. <laughs> we shouldn't <laughs> say that, actually. God knows what's going to happen. He's not going to die, hopefully. <laughs> Depends on when you listen to it. Back <laughs> <laughs> <That> catalogue. <laughs> if you are listening to this, about he's dead. He was Matt, Roger, Matt Roger said to me, Which and to us, he was saying <laughs> that they're running, out, last words. they're running out of Champions League proven quality managers you know there's only a couple left who, we, who Chelsea haven't hired and already fired I love how they're I, running out they're running out of managers <laughs> they are they're running out with that, that, that pool of Champions League quality either semi-finalists or finalists <coughs> or winners is is getting smaller and smaller by the day people are retiring or have already been there so but I, I said to him so alright you could get Benitez this is before he was appointed but why not just do something drastic like Hire a really talented manager who's never oh, look, done it. Get, get AVB. No, yeah. oh right, okay. Well, okay. I was going to say like, uh, like a, a David, <laughs> David Moyes. Yeah, someone like that who's what about Harry. Why not? Yeah. I mean, he's proven himself he wants, in his level. Yeah, but we know Abramovich. He wants glamour. He wants names that attract players to the club. And I'm saying uh, the Chelsea brand Moyes. is strong enough. The Chelsea brand is strong enough to attract the players. And we already it's said, need, we already said that Abramovich buys the players, not the manager anywhere. They didn't go there to play for Dimiteo. Exactly. So. Why do you need a, a big brand manager? Why not just get a manager who is proven to be excellent? But then, is that manager the right person for that setup yeah. then? Because Moyes has proved himself as in buying players. Long term, controlling yeah, exactly. the club type. Well, why not, not, why need, not, buy, custodian, not necessarily Moyes then. Why not just get any manager who, who's just a yes man and let, let him run his club? Yeah, it's just bizarre that he feels like he needs to have a, a brand manager there. And then just undermines them anyway. I think. I think to an extent. Obviously, we don't know the workings of Chelsea and the workings of their scouting system and how they sign people. But I think that when they had Ancelotti, I think he would have made a difference with the players that they signed. I think the fact that they got Mourinho meant that they get a better class of player. I, I, I question whether they'd have ever got Etienne or Drogba if they hadn't got Mourinho. Um, so for that reason, I, can, I think I can understand why um, why Bramwich keeps going back to the well. In, in terms of the brand manager, um, he's tried two different types of manager other than that, which is uh, which is a young, uh, well, a young up and coming successful manager uh, who wanted to play his own game, and and Abramovich quickly got fed up of that in AVB, and then he tried to use a, well, no disrespect to Di Matteo, but it's coming, 
he tried to use a puppet in Di Matteo and that's it, obviously failed. Is, is it fair to say he's tried every type of manager going? He's tried yeah. Scolari, he's won World Cup European he's Championship. He's tried everything. He's tried Avram Grant, he's just on. like a post. I would disagree. I'm not sure he has tried everything because people like AVB have come in and had like two weeks in the job. I think we haven't really well, given yeah, a fair well, chance. You, you can't really... You, you can't appoint a young manager to say we're going to have a, a dynasty. He, he, and he, gave it a, he gave it a solid Abramovich try, well, let's say. I think and, and, demands and, and it's a different argument to say whether but, AVB had enough time and Di Matteo was given but, a but, of the week. Yeah, but, 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 Di Matteo, Chelsea finished sixth in the league. Yeah, I'm not saying Di Matteo, right. I'm not defending Di Matteo And if you look either. at like, their squad, they if shouldn't got, be finished sixth in the league. Even they had bloody Alan Pardew, you'd think he'd get them higher than sixth in the league. If you're going to defend anyone, it's probably going to have to be Abramovich because ultimately, they've just won the Champions League, they're still, they're still ticking away, like, alright, they're mm. not winning now, but on a long enough timeline, they're still a pretty successful club, They'll be even the ch- with this yeah. chopping and changing. So, he's the man to defend. They'll finish in the Champions League places by default of the clubs around them, not being as consistent, not picking up mm-hmm. as many points as them when it comes down to it. But if they had, you know, you look at some of the other leagues around Europe and you think if you pluck some of those teams out and put them in with Chelsea, you just think they're never going to, they're not going to be even close to be considered Champions League winners with this team. And they're defending champions. Mm. How many well, they times could be the first defending that? champions to go out, couldn't they? It's the mm. first time it could ever happen in a group stage. Mm. Which is a shock. Which actually surprised me that this is the first time that's happened. Because, you know, a lot of, a lot of teams who... Get picked know, apart, don't they? Yeah, a, lot of team, a lot of teams do, you know, appear as not one-hit wonders, but at least they, 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 they win the Champions League on, on kind of like a, a crest of a wave. Yeah, the Dortmunds, the Porters, they they win the they win the Champions League. Well, the Liverpools, yeah. yeah. I mean, seedings. I think that's a surprising statistic. Seedings are funny with the Champions League, Gross. aren't they? It's not about what you've won; it's about how many times you've been in. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think to be honest, it's testament how good the Champions League. Well, how how much better the quality in the Champions League is, to be honest. I mean, obviously Celtic weren't given a hope in hell in the fact that they've they've they've, managed, they've got the same points as it as it stands right now as we speak as Benfica is is testament to how much better they're getting. In Europe, and Benfica are a strong side, you know, but it's interesting. Still going to make changes to it though, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, double it up and European football will die. No, anyway, that's going to work. so Chelsea bash it crazy next. So yeah, Chelsea are crazy, but apparently uh, Seb says they're going to get into the uh, Champions League by default because other teams aren't performing, one of those being nice. Awesome. I mean, nice, segue. Nice, nice link huh? to West Brom. Who the fuck is Matt Roger? That was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That's great link. So, Arsene Wenger, worst start ever of the season um, under his stewardship. Discuss. Go on, Seb. Go on, Seb. Arsenal, man. I could be here all day. Isn't well, it better if I respond, you know, just sort of roll with the punches, see what's Personally, coming. Personally, I hadn't noticed that Arsenal had performed, had started so poorly until it was made very aware to me well, in the last been, couple of weeks. What I happened, didn't realise it was 10th. I'm the diff- <laughs> diff- not paying enough attention to There's, the there's a couple of the things, league. though. A couple of things, though, is that there's a lot of teams who have started the season quite well, so they're quite, you know, they're doing quite well and picking up points. Ooh. Go on. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, Swansea's, Everton's, West Brom, they've picked up a lot more points than they probably had last season. And also, Arsenal have had a lot of draws. Last season, when they started really badly, they then went on this run where they won, I can't remember, quite a few games in a row, and they were winning games, 1-0, 1-0, all goals scored by Van Persie. But they kept, you know, kept winning the games, and they that's what moved them up in the league. And I saw a little thing that said, where Arsenal are on the table, where they've been at this point since Wenger's taken charge. And they've never really been <coughs> lower than... 
I was looking at it, I don't think there was one sixth once, but they've never been known them fourth at this point in the season. Mm. Even last season they were fourth, I think, at this yeah, point still. True. So it's a tricky one. It's going so to be you're saying that by now, after whatever it is, 15 games of the... Of, yeah, you ex- you, you should the way you look Arsenal at the table is there. like, you, you know, you're asking a lot now to pick it up from uh, here. Arsenal are so lucky that Spurs lost at home to Wigan and Norwich. They're I so lucky that Liverpool, I disagree. That I Liverpool can't win like. three games in a row. Of course it's like, the no. same Arsenal team, even you know, when we had that big four and there was teams pushing. I don't think that, I think Arsenal have, are going to get fourth again this year by default. Mm, I don't know. I think, I think they're in trouble. I think Spurs are fourth and they've lost like four or five games. Exactly. But, but that's because the, to me the league is sort of concertina together and there's a much there's much less of a divide between the big four and the rest of the league. Yeah, and which like the... you look at friggin I think Liverpool now going into the um, into the into the last weekend on the Sunday, they they were four points off off a relegation spot and like five points off. Yeah, it's off, crazy. Off, off, but off the Champions League places. You're agreeing, so, yeah. But, 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 so yeah, I'm saying the yeah. league's got smaller. So Arsenal can I agree will do well, but I don't think that that's just by default. I don't know stringing, if it's by default. They'll end up stringing together three, four, five. However, if you, but if you look at every match this season, it's been interesting. It's for the first season, I've looked at every match and gone, you know, it's quite, it, the quality level is quite tight and often it comes down to our individuals and stuff. I think it's quite a good season in a lot of ways. We say this every year, but, you know, you look at some of the players that the smaller clubs are bringing in, the, that Swans, you know, because the team that Swansea has, that's quite incredible that they've put that group of players together yeah, got some from, people, they've not yeah. thrown money at it have they they've just gone they've had a philosophy of football and that philosophy has simply attracted players to the club it must must mm. be mm. I mean I'm sure Laudrop is a, in a good way is quite a good manager to bring in because he you know he knows that he's philosophy a, of football and he's a bit of a brand as well he's a brand and he can just carry it on and they can just keep ticking over the players they've brought in have generally been quite good as well I think I mean, I don't know how many players they buy every relatively unknown window, to the, uh, to the, to the well, exactly. Premier League matches. I don't know how many players they buy every window, but the players that seem to come in, that we see in the sh- on TV, always seem to perform very well. Yeah. And I can't imagine they've got the biggest squad in the world. They, they bought players um, who have been excelling for mid-table clubs or in the championship and stuff like that. They, they identify players really well. I meet you... Is a is one of the signings of the season. We can see that already. Pablo Hernandez, when he was at Valencia, mm-hmm. he was considered he was one of the best players at Valencia, and he was considered like to be you know future Spanish international, multiple caps and everything else. He probably would be playing for their national side if they didn't have such a good team. Mm. Um, you conveniently took our Arsenal discussion on Swansea. Yeah, I'm delighted about that. But but I think that a, a bit of credit has got to go to to clubs like Swansea when you watch the game itself and you see because. It's like we were saying with Fulham a couple of weeks ago. You know, Fulham went to Old Trafford and played well, and then they drew home with Arsenal, played well, and they could have got something from Old Trafford. But United are a better yeah. team than Arsenal are. But I wouldn't say I Arsenal have been lucky. I don't agree with Joe when he says that. I I do think they'll finish fourth, so I agree with that. But I don't think it's by default. I think mean, that does the other teams in the league a disservice. No, I don't think that Arsenal. They'll get it, it by any other way. By, 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 be, by, by, they will get it, but I don't think it'll just come to them because they're the best. They'll have to work bloody hard from where they are in this position that they find themselves in. It's not in. the best, they're the best of the rest. Whereas mm. before, yeah, but, but before last, we were talking about team... There was a big four. Whoever's going to win the league is just, it's just who doesn't, which Manchester, United, which Manchester club doesn't 
how, muck up the most. Look how well that team will win the league. Whereas before we had Arsenal, Liverpool, Spurs, and Everton to a certain But I don't think the best. The Chelsea. Arsenal might be what the best of. Who's third then? So Chelsea. I think we'll yeah, yeah. finish third. Arsenal yeah. four, but not by much. I don't. So it's. But I don't think that that really does any credit to a team like say Tottenham or Everton. Or, you know, anybody else, maybe Swansea or West... Uh, probably not. I mean, you expect West Brom and Swansea to fall away, but Newcastle didn't last year. Mm. I'm not really going to bracket them in. I'm just going to say, <laughs> with, with the likes of Everton and Tottenham, for me, they're the two that Arsenal are really going to have to struggle hard against to not yeah. find themselves finishing six but, but they're not struggling against them, are they? They're struggling because Arsenal are losing at home to Swansea. So it's got nothing to do with our Spurs, do it doesn't matter. Arsenal, it's a point of view, really. If you're, looking from the, to... if you're looking from the top down, if you're looking from the bottom up, but ultimately there's a lot of teams uh, who wouldn't necessarily have challenged Arsenal a couple of years ago and now slightly improving and working They're towards... They're not challenging Arsenal. Arsenal challenging Arsenal, it. mainly mate, because the teams below them are coming up and they're falling back. Yeah. But you look, you look the, the, whenever you see the top four mini-league, it's not necessarily about how many points you take or how many games you win against the other teams in that top four, whether or not you win the league. It's about how well you do on your exactly way days to Stoke. I was just so exactly what I said. So it's not about how the other teams... It's no. The fact they lost home to Swansea. Yeah, exactly. But, that's, but that meant, the other teams won't lose away to lo- lose those games. That's the difference. So it's not about whether Arsenal no, no, beat only, Everton. No, which the only two no, of the we're teams. Only saying the there's only two teams that are going to do that this year. There's only two teams that are going to win. Who are not going to lose at home to yeah. Swansea. So you what? And the rest is just a big pile of crap. And you, <laughs> well, I disagree. I think that does a disservice to the league, and I'm interested to assume that Arsenal. If you oh, this, West, this West Brom team aren't anywhere near as good as I can't. Have, Athletic imagery, Bill Bow. Yeah. They're not as good as those teams, are they? Valencia. I think I'm talking myself into an argument where the standard of the Premier League is, dri- is dropping. The pr- standard of the Premier League definitely has dropped, I agree yeah. with that. I wouldn't say the standard I of player. I wouldn't say that. the standard of player, but I'm not sure I agree with this. Just I've talked I myself into I don't it. agree that the standard of Premier League has dropped. I, I think that the standard of play of the better teams in the Premier League has sunk into a pool in the middle. Or or And that pool in the middle is bigger than it's ever been. Or how about Fulham could finish sixth or they could finish sixteenth. Or how about teams are looking at it and they're all playing the same sort of system pretty much. It's just health there's so much space on the pitch. There seems to be goals flying in everywhere in all the games. Mm. The defenders making mistakes. It's just so open. So it's why when getting to... I mean, how many goals have Man United conceded? They've just conceded... They're conceding goals every Three week. Very soft ones, but as we said last week, they, they are the masters at playing that football anyway. So they ultimately somehow pull it through. But in Europe, it's not going to work. And it's the same... That's what is going to be the judge of the Premier League slipping. But as an entertainment factor, I don't think it slipped quality factor in terms of potential to win European competition mm-hmm. it has slipped like, that's, that's what I mean that's what I meant I mean, yeah. Yeah, the, the, when I said it it slipped and I definitely think so I'm talking about the top of the place the entertainment's as high as it's ever been as you say that that whole middle bag is insane I'm just going to say on Arsenal my, my big issue though with Arsenal is I, I think this has been Wenger's biggest problem is the mentality of the player he's signing and I think that is a lot to do with the philosophy of the club, because the players he's signing, I think he's signing players who sort of think we're going to go to Ar- I'm going to go to Arsenal because they play a certain type of football, and Wenger will help me improve. That's the mentality of the player. So they're going there. They're and almost they can go somewhere it. else and win leagues. Yeah, no, Barcelona. Yeah, yeah potentially it, in the future. But what I mean is the mentality of the player isn't I'm a winner. I'm going to drive this club forward. The mentality of the player is 
oh, hopefully, you know, I might learn something. And this is a so, task so to express. And what, 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 what can Arsenal do for me rather than what can I do for Arsenal? Possibly, sort of yeah. And you could tell that, by the way, just the mentality, the, the way the players... It's like people have said, you know, why are Arsenal able to get this player and nobody else is in for them? And why are they getting these players at a good price? And that's the reason why. Because players go for high prices because people look at them and go, that is the mentality of player we want at our club. We're willing to pay a lot of money for it. good example is like Mario Goetzer at Dortmund. Yeah, This guy is um, going to be one of the top players in Europe. It's a bit like as of last season. If Arsenal will try and put in little cheeky bids for him like they did last season. They put in a bid for Goetzer at the beginning of last season. A massive bid. They put a bid for Hazard in. <coughs> Someone in the club said to me that they put a bid in Fazard of the same amount that Chelsea put in to buy him now. Right? So they've obviously, they're losing out. They're not losing out on the transfer fee. They're losing out because they're dillying and dallying and they're trying to play games or something. They need to go in, look at what Chelsea do. They go in early, go, we want this person. Bam, early in, pull them out. But it's going to be hard for Arsenal because as they slip down the league and they lose, people start to forget what a big club they are. They're not going to be able to pull players in on reputation alone. You know, Hazard wouldn't have gone to Chelsea. If they hadn't won the Champions League, he, said he, would have gone, yeah, he wouldn't have gone there. And that's what, that's what gets you the players in, I think. That's yeah, going to be the difference. European pedigree. Otherwise, you're going to have to pay over the odds to get players who you don't know if they're going to be good or not. Look at Newcastle Sunderland, the difference. Newcastle have been in Champions League and didn't... Someone haven't. I know. I know all about that. Yeah, That's look at rubbish. look at what City sure. did. City had all that money, but they had to go through a couple of years of buying people like fucking Rubinho and Adebayor mm. and paying over the odds for them. And we know those players are not worth that money, no. are they? So that's the only way. If Arsenal are going to be in danger of having to do that, when you know Gazidis says their financial might will kick in, mm. they're going to be in danger of doing that. And um, I think I've got a feeling if they don't finish in the top four, the Wenger won't be there. Do you think he'll last the season now? Yeah, 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah. It just depends how well they do in the league, honestly. I just can't see Arsenal sacking him. You don't think he might just step no, down? No, I think he'll. Li- I don't think they'll sack him. I think he'll, I can't see he won't take it. No, I can't. I, I, I'm, I, no, I, I'd be surprised. I'm just putting out there. I don't expect it to happen. Yeah. But there's speculation all the time, isn't there? Well, do you well th- do you it has th- to be, doesn't there? I mean, it's, it's, it's the worst thing. It's the worst start he's ever had to a season. You know, there was speculation in seasons gone by. I was going to say, it's been speculation for about six years now or yeah. something. Like, it's been going on for I'll ages. I'll tell you the last couple of him actually getting sacked, though. Yeah, club in transition. How many? How long have we been in yeah, that? But in terms of so, people saying Wenger getting sacked, I think it's been the last couple of seasons. It's definitely intensified. Yeah. Oh, can I just say one more thing of Wenger? I just want to ask you guys, as, as neutrals, as it were, what's your <laughs> opinion of him... <laughs> In terms of being the manager of Arsenal, do you think he should be sacked? Do you think he should be given time? What do you think the problem is? How do you view him? I think it has to lie in their transfer policy. Do you not think? Um, if he if he had stamped, you know, if he'd matched, I'm trying to think of an example. Hazard isn't the right example. There are other people that they've missed out on that they could have potentially bought, um, and he decided to nurture someone through or buy someone cheaper um, so it's time to, to get a change I, I think, I think buy some leaders I think it's time for a, a change and like I, I really admire Arsenal for sticking with him and for, for him sort of sticking around for as long as he has but you hear him in, in talk these days and he he seems to be so he's very realistic and very pragmatic which 
on one hand is, is sort of really nice to hear and, and truthful like Roy Hodgson was always like that at Fulham but when you go to a, a big club like Arsenal or like when Roy Hodgson went up to Liverpool saying oh yeah we're, we're not as good as the opposition it, it's not acceptable mm-hmm. and like at the minute that seems to be Wenger sort of saying look truthfully we're not as good we can't compete with these clubs you can't be saying that in public because it just gives the players an excuse I think yeah. to underperform because you're not setting themselves up to winners the mentality of the club isn't a club that looks like winning the league at the moment. And it looks like a hell of a long way from that. So it depends on what Arsenal's expectations are. You'd say get rid of him. I think if, they, if they're if they seriously talking about being a, a, a competitive force in Europe or in the Premiership, they need a change because the mentality is wrong at the moment. But I think he's bought enough... He has enough goodwill in the bank. He has enough credit still. Yeah. Um, to be given the charge and he'll still be there that. that's yeah. the thing that's what I'm saying so it's admirable that he's still there and I think but in real football in real terms I think if, if Arsenal genuinely expect to be competitive it's time for a change no no it's to. not that's what I'm saying it's not because I don't think I still don't think it's him sorry I understand what you're I think you could argue that Arsenal makes <coughs> has probably got enough goodwill in the Arsenal bank that he could stay there forever um, <laughs> yeah, I think I, <laughs> I think yeah. what he's done for Arsenal and from a from a neutral's perspective what he's done for the Premier League is in, incredible and uh and I think it's 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 very much a case that you know you hear you hear all these stories about about certain certain elements of Arsenal and their and their ridiculous wages that they spend on bog average players, and and I, I think I think the the fact that they can survive doing that and the fact that they've got the infrastructure in uh, in place already in terms of the stadium in terms of finances they're on a much more sound financial footing than any other big team probably in the world. Um, I think Arsene Wenger has such a legacy at Arsenal uh, during his time that he could that he could and probably will and probably should uh, walk away um, sooner rather than later with his head held high. Nothing, nothing will be put against him, and to be honest, that job will be an absolute golden chalice that any manager would love. Oh yeah, personally, oh, yeah, I agree. We take it. You it, take it, it would be. It would be. Pick the players you want. So far, so far Play point. Wonderful football. Win plenty. If of they trophies. finish, if the league table ends as it is now, this is a good way of putting it, and this is probably a good way to move on in a way. But do you sack Arsene Wenger? Do you keep Arsene Wenger? You so ask Arsene Wenger to leave. I'd sack him. Or would he lose? Don't sack him. Oh, well, yeah. You, Arsene you, Wenger you, will you, never get sacked. You, you bloody. You ask him to leave. And he, yeah, publicly, he but in real terms, you fire him. You keep him. Does he walk because of all the pressure? No, he, he always says, he walk. Oh, I'm not interested. He's not interested in pressure. Several he doesn't need to walk. I mean, he's had offers from other, from other clubs. Yeah, it's and not he's about him walking. Yeah. He just... He could have taken that. He's failed to reinvent the team. He could have taken me. I think. He's failed to, to create a new team since then. Okay. He'd be a great international manager. I yeah, think. absolutely. I mean, he could have, he could have taken... Doing the, doing the quote sign the easy way out and gone and I don't know taking the France job when they were in disarray mm. That's, that doesn't sound like the easy option after all the World Cups yeah but it's it's walking out of the limelight and, and into and into an international job which is a lot less pressure even though it's, even Ooh, though it's France even though, even though it's his country you know the Premier League That's week in week job. out a no, lot of, lot of spotlight I think, no. I, think, I, think, I, think, I think for the age that he's at I think that would be the perfect job for him personally now <laughs> part time yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Part time, go watch some football. Yeah, yeah, right. For the French job. Yeah, I've seen I've seen Hodgson just. Yeah. If he had Zidane in his rocking side, rocking up to Carrow Road to scout Grant Hall. If he had Zidane in his side, a former Ballon d'Or winner, 
then maybe a... Speaking of Ballon d'Or, yeah. well done. Well, Who needs out. Matt Roger? God rest him. So the, the Ballon d'Or shortlist yeah. is, uh, is... Daniel out. Sturridge. And it's, and it's Daniel Sturridge, Vim Yonk. Yeah. Uh, Liam Ridgewell. And Liam Ridgewell, but we'll go talk about that later. Uh, so it's it's a three-pronged shortlist, and it's and it's the three players that we expect it to be, really, isn't it? Yeah. Lionel yeah. Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Andres Iniesta. So, who's going to win it? Uh, Messi for the for the records he's breaking. I mean, he's you've got to recognise it. He's won a win. Yeah, isn't it from a, goals in a calendar year? Is, is Good. The well, it's eighty-five. Yeah, I think he's yeah. on eighty-four. Isn't Pele claiming that he scored? Like two hundred yeah, yeah, yeah. in the year though. Him and Maradona <laughs> claiming that he scored four hundred goals and they were twelve. Just making up records, you know. All was, you know. <laughs> let him, let him <laughs> just it, just keep it going. I don't. Th- it always, yeah. It's it's a it's, it's you could get a cigarette paper between them, couldn't you? Wouldn't you agree? Mm. I think Messi and Ronaldo. Yeah, I think it's impressive. I think it's impressive that Iniesta gets all well, the plaudits that he does good when he's living in the same world as Messi and Ronaldo, because yeah. Messi and Ronaldo do. <coughs> they do they do the stuff that gets the headlines they score 85 yeah. goals a season mm. um, but Iniesta is not in the limelight he's not he's not he doesn't like the celebrity of, uh, of side of the sport he's uh, he's a professional he gets he gets on with the game and he and he quite quietly has become the most integral cog of the world in European champions mm. and the best club team arguably the best club team in the world in terms of judging the three though does it play any part in the fact that Ronaldo has obviously been blessed with some physical attributes that did, help him a lot. Did you see that on um, what's the Revisita de la Liga? Revisita de la Liga. Yeah. The thing. Revisita. Revisita de yeah. la Liga. Um, where they timed him, sprint the pitch. Did you see that? No. Defending a, a defending corner, Madrid corner, headed away, ball breaks on their 18 yard line, player picks up, breaks on, and they circle Ronaldo like from. He's six yard line, mm. and then they run the clock, and he, he's not in the picture. Mm. The ball's obviously played all the way down the pitch, got got into attacking third to pull it back in, to pull the ball back to the penalty spot, mm. and then the clock's only got up to ten point four seconds, and Ronaldo's there, so he's sprinting on grass, wearing boots. He's not running straight either, mm-hmm. and, he, and that's not. It's about ninety four meters, mm-hmm. and he did it in ten point four seconds. It's crazy, isn't it? He's got that Iniesta. Long winded way of saying he's quick. Yeah, he's very. <laughs> it's he's like you know, Bale's got those attributes, but that story Ini- took longer than it did <laughs> on the Iniesta <laughs> and uh, Messi haven't got those attributes, as it were. But I think <laughs> so. It's Scoring, but, but does that play a part in how you feel about them? I, you know, I think Iniesta, his ability to read a football pitch, mm. he's got to be the best in the world here. Because that's why he doesn't need to dribble as much. Because he knows where the pass is. He knows where his teammates are. He can dribble the ball. He can get into the space. He can finish. He's a great finisher. And there is something about his appearance. And he's quite humble. Yeah. And people like that, don't they? Yeah. Mm. yeah. I, think, like, I think that, that hum- could be me. Yeah. Yeah. The humility <laughs> try, of Iniesta. To the, the humility of Messi as well. Yeah. I, well, personally... That puts them ahead of Ronaldo. Yeah. For but me. Ronaldo's a freak, because isn't it's, it? It's a total package, isn't it? It's not. I, I mean, obviously, obviously, this is judged on football, but from a from a, um, a an, an external perspective, looking at it in the wider world, you kind of you kind of want these people to be humble. You want them to be. You want them to be. Yeah. You know, 
happy that they've been blessed with the skills that they've got. You don't want them swimming in cash, you, know, you don't want them, you know, suntanning on the, on the beach, yeah. swearing at people or whatever. But it's great. Yeah. It's great for the game that we've got these players around because they make the difference in the end between the top teams. Barcelona would not be the team that they are now without Messi. No, simple as. They would have. They wouldn't have won. I don't. There's a couple of Champions Leagues that might not have won without him. So mm-hmm. he's the difference, isn't he? The uh, the more interesting shortlist was the. I think they just call it the manager balloon door. Actually, I think that is what it's called. Anyway, did you see the shortlist? Yeah, yeah it was. Um, it was Del. Oh, sorry, it Del was Del Bosque, Bosque uh, Mourinho, and Guardiola. What? Guardiola. What did Spain, Spain last year won the Copa del Rey? That's it. Barcelona. Who are you talking about? Guardiola isn't there? No, Del Bosco, you meant. No. What? So last year, Barcelona, all they won was the Copa del Rey, the, right. the FA Cup. Yeah. And he's on the shortlist for the. So you've got Mancini, who won Premier League for Man City for first. Bob Matthews. You've got the guy at Dortmund who won the double. I'm yeah, sure there were other managers around Europe. Oh, right. Okay, I didn't really know where you were going with that. Yeah, I'm just yeah, saying. It's, it's, a bit, it's a bit ridiculous that that happened. I mean, ultimately, Mourinho. I, won, beat, Mourinho won a league. It's very Spanish-centric yeah. at the moment, though, isn't it? In the yeah, and, Bar- yeah. and Barcelona did reach. They finished second in the league, and they reached the semi-final of the Champions League. Yeah. So there's no one in Europe who can match that, can they? Uh, well, the last four last year: Chelsea, Barca, Bayern. And Bayern. I suppose Bayern can. Who did Bayern beat? Well, Bayern didn't. But Bayern didn't win the Champions League. They got to the final and they finished second in the. German anyway, league. The, anyway, what the guy did at Dortmund is more impressive than what guy. Oh, what, what he's doing at Dortmund is quite yeah. similar to. Arsenal in, in the respect of what Wenger would have liked to do because most of their top players came through the system or they bought them cheap and trained them up and they got a good they got a lot of money in and they got a good <coughs> stadium and all that sort of stuff and they don't have the competition that say is in the Premier League you could say Dortmund um, but they still got Bayern there and Bayern are one of the best teams in Europe and they, they, so they've beaten them to the league teams yeah. that give any Schalke team in England Arsenal. the run for their yeah. money Schalke beat Arsenal quite comfortably at the Emirates so um it's a good. I mean, you know, I'm not going to talk about the German league. It's, it's a whole other topic, but it's a it's a great league, and there's so much about it that's good to look at. Yeah. Yeah. So, what was our thing on the Ballon d'Or? Who we want? So we yeah, want? quick quick round. Who's going to win it? Who is going to win it this year? Will be Lionel Messi. Like I say, toss of a coin. Messi. Yeah, I'll go Messi as well. Sorry. I think I think I think if he scores a goal in the next week or so, I think I think I think his name's on it. Oh, Dave, I really thought you were just going to go Iniesta there. <laughs> I think, uh, I, think, I, think, I, think, I, think I was going to say that I think Iniesta's in a better position to win it than Ronaldo. If I, I don't see any odds, but I would, really? I'd be predicting Iniesta. Yeah, because... Because of, Bar- Sp- because, because of what Spain done. Because of what Spain have done, and because currently Barcelona are so far ahead in the league. Over, over Ultimately, the league. All, all Ronaldo's done is slightly not as good as what Messi's done. Yeah. In the past, that's basically it. Poor bloke. Poor bloke. I mean, didn't uh, Beckham finish second in this? Got a feel for him to an extent, <laughs> but um, but I think I think beating Gedmore's record is unbelievable. Oh, it's yeah. Eight, Eighty-five goals. So so if if, if if Cannavaro sick. had had the same year <laughs> when he won it or whatever, <laughs> was that world player one of the other ones? If he'd won it, where would he finish yeah, in this two, ranking? Two, two, eight? Any 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 five foot eight or whatever centre back deserves Ballon d'Or immediately. Um. Ethan Cordova. Okay, so what do we want to talk about next? Um, Hector Castro, isn't it? Do you want to have a bit of Castro? Yeah, okay. get him on. Just, just put together a, uh, a nominee well, for Hector Castro. Before we do this, what is Hector Castro, Dave? Nice. Um, Hector Castro is a, uh, is a Uruguayan footballer Yeah. Um, who, uh, who well, successfully, successfully won... Oh, hold on, context. hold on, Matt, come on. Context, Max. Context. 
Regular listeners know this. Don't Euro- you? I don't know. <laughs> Always need to remind people. Uruguayan footballer, won the World Cup, only had one arm, triumph over adversity. Several people have been the uh, have been nominated. A few Jesus. have been outcast. Bring back Matt Ryan. Um, but Joe's going to give us one which we're all going to agree with. Joe, triumph over adversity. Okay, so there we're uh, inducting a special gentleman into the uh, Hall of Fame this week. I would say. Is this PC? Yeah, and I, okay, in fact, no, I, I, I couldn't believe that we hadn't done this one already, so, to the extent I had to email our chairman earlier today to double check. Okay, so I will um, I'll give you some clues to start with. Go on. He was born in Scotland, in the village of Orbiston, Lanarkshire, on the 26th of May, 1909, would you believe? <laughs> no? Okay. As a player... He Richard represented Goff. Richard Goff. <laughs> no, <laughs> he represented two English clubs. He joined Manchester City on 11th February 28 and made his debut the following year. He was then transferred to Liverpool for a fee of eight thousand pounds in 1936. Come on, you must know it by now. Eight grand. Mm. I'll go to the next one. As a player, he won one FA Cup. But is, is it for his managerial? However, as a manager. He won five league titles, two FA Cups, and quite famously won European Cup. Oh, and is his, tra- is his um, adversity something to do with something in the sky going Gen- wrong? Genuine adversity, yeah. Yeah. So is it... Bobby Charlton. I was torn. I, c- I could have gone Bobby Charlton, and maybe that'll be a story for another week. But for this week, we're going to talk about Sir Matt Busby. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Busby became United's first. We've done a whole football podcast and we haven't mentioned City or United hardly at all, actually. Oh, we'll talk about them next time. So why, do we have to talk, why do we have to talk? We don't have to talk about City United. I'll tell you what we're talking, about. Going wrong. we're talking about. We're talking about Matt, Matt Busby, Busby yeah. who became United's first boss after the war, uh, having turned down the job of assistant manager at Liverpool. Uh, he accepted the position in 1945. And then joined the club full time on his demobilisation from the armed forces in October of that year. Would you have used the word demobilisation? If I hadn't printed it from Wikipedia, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I do love that though. He accepted the job while he was in the army and then had to wait till the war finished, got demobbed, and then took on the job as United Manager. So following demobbed, how many times do you say demobbed? Following demobilisation, some adversary there. Busby took charge of a club with a bomb damaged stadium and a 15 grand overdraft. His first signing was Jimmy Murphy, his great assistant manager who served the club until 71. Together they created United's first great post war team and they won the FA Cup in 48 and they finished runners up in the league in the 40s and 50s and eventually won the league title in 52. Um, And then I think we know the rest of the story. So, when did he start? So he started in 1945. And he was born with So when? it took them seven years to win the league. Yeah. yeah. Chelsea, tick, newt. Exactly, yeah. Um, and then, of course, came the great Busby Babes, as they were christened, with uh, Whelan, Eddie Coleman, Duncan Edwards and others. So league success soon followed for the young side again. So they won the league title in 56, 57, and they reached the FA Cup final in 57. Um, and also, it's worth noting that United, in particular Busby, were still looking to the future, trailblazing their way for the English clubs by entering the European Cup in '57 uh, against the wishes of the Football League. And in fact, in that first season, they reached the semi-finals, losing to, to Real Madrid. However, as I think we we'll probably know, in the following season, so 1958, as it says here, bristled with promise, 
United were still challenging in all three competitions by February when disaster struck. On 6th February 1958, the aeroplane bringing the team home from a European Cup match against Red Star Belgrade crashed after refuelling in Munich. 23 people were killed, including eight of Busby's players. Um, and then three club officials also perished. Busby also lost, almost, <laughs> almost lost his life as well and was twice given the last rites while relaying gravely ill in hospital. So, yeah, that's probably the most challenging over adversity I think we've probably ever really talked about. Um, and then, but the, ne the, the rest of the story is obviously a lot more positive and, and history. As so, surely, so, so you need to sort of tell us what you did after the. Well, I think I'll go on to say that, why not? Yes. Yeah, so. you know, not, not word for word, hopefully. No, I know. I you just moved just... to Leeds and. Uh, yeah, so we all, so we all went. So, <laughs> so I think we, we kind of know what happened afterwards, don't we? He uh, went back to Manchester and I think you know they even got to the FA Cup final that same year, losing it, unfortunately, to, to Bolton. Um, but then, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Well, I think you'd Bolton. say unfortunately. Okay. Must be a Bolton fan. Yeah. Well, I think even Bolton yeah, fans in that yeah, you're fan. doing Bolton a disservice. Though. I think even in that season, they were probably Bolton fans. Bolton was good then, wasn't they? But, we, but as we all know, they went back, they rebuilt the team. Busby took, took over the reins again. They won the league in 65, 67. Um, and of course, it all culminated in that European Cup final in 1968 at Wembley against Benfica. Um, so I think for, for, for that alone, we uh, induct. In, he won the league in 67. Okay. Well, did they win the league yeah, after that, United? Yeah, the European Cup. Well, but what I'm saying, but did United win the league after that point until, like, 92 or whatever? Uh, I don't know. Must be pretty... They kind of... It was about 20-odd 20, 20 years. That's when like. Leeds took over. Leeds and Liverpool, didn't they? Mm. Leeds! Dirty yeah. Leeds. Is that right? So, so they didn't win the league from 67 to 92? Well, it was, was like 20 odd. Then? No, it was about 20 odd, le 20 odd years. They got the relegated. Days, they got relegated yeah. in the early 70s. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then they signed Clinton Blackmore and it all. Fascinating. That's up. why, but that's why Fergie would have got the time he got when he got went yeah. there because it had been so long that they didn't feel a rush. If United had won the first few league titles in the 80s, he might not have got the time. And who knows who would have been the. Who would have been leading the way now? Villa? Leeds, could have easily been Villa. I mean, I mean, obviously, Norwich. my favourite, my favourite stat ever is the fact that Ron Atkinson is the most successful English manager in the Premier League. Kevin Keegan, surely, John. Um, so yeah, they could have won what? that league. On what? They came second in 1982. What do you mean? Most successful as in league placing. Aston Villa finished second in 1982. He's an English manager. Oh, right. Sorry, I didn't understand what you were talking about. What I just said. Okay. So he's joint then? Yeah. That's okay. what he just said. Wow. <laughs> this is a good podcast. Let's wrap it up. So, Matt Busby, do we all agree? Yes. 100%. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Well done, Matt. Okay. We can't not, really. Incredible, incredible achievement. Uh, incredible achievement for him to uh, to resurrect the team. Obviously not. <laughs> to resurrect the team. But, uh, wow. but yeah. Dave, Dave. Wrap it up. Wrap Dave, it up. Dave, go on, talk about Leeds. <laughs> go on. Yeah, Busby, great. We'll start talking about Leeds, mate. It's fine. Uh, no, it's fine. So, uh, everybody, uh, thank you very much for listening to the uh, the Football Basement podcast. I think we've uh, we've all learned a lot in the past uh, 37 <laughs> minutes. We need Matt Rogers. <laughs> yeah. Um, I disagree. I think, Dave, you've done a wonderful job well, on Dave. limited prep and limited knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>